0: Om sahana vavatu sahana bhunaktu sahviryam karavavahai tejasvinavadhitamastu ma vitpvishavahai Om shantir the second lesson is up in the pdf in the current class text so you may please download it if you haven't done that it's called maitrayaniya upanishad lesson 1 and for the sake of continue sorry lesson 2 and for the sake of continuity lesson 1 is also there so that you can if we need to refer it will be there so you just scroll a little further and you will find it okay yeah so Uh, So let us do that first And then we will continue Now We saw last time That the That this Brahmavidya Was asked by King Brahadratha to the sage or to the Lord in the form of the teacher called Shaka And then the first request made on part of the king was what? Summarily rejected. It was rejected because the teacher wanted to make sure that this person really knows what they are asking for. And that this person really wants what they are asking for. You know, it's not. Uh, this is not a small dalliance. Oh, I have nothing to do, so let's just let me just get some Brahmanjalam. <laughs> this is not like you know saying, let me just go and have some French fries. You know, this is not like that. And it's not this pursuit, as we have seen in the weekend segments, called Shreya's, is not yet one more pursuit. And it's not even, you know, a choice between shreyas and Preyas. It's a choice, less choice, really speaking, for the ones who know what it entails. And so really, there is, you know, there is really, it's not one more thing to pursue. It is the thing to pursue because of which all other things are. And if this is not understood, and the person, you know, especially like somebody like a king who... Uh, many many what is called sports sources of entertainment like um, some of them like to go hunting and some of them like to hunt and fish in the Upanishads (laughs) you know this is just one more entertainment and sometimes they bring scholars to their court and have them have it out and then the king will clap oh well argued because it was entertaining that's all but the king you know in this uh, in these cases is not in the least bit interested in, in uh, what the content of what the argument is all about so the teacher here wants to make sure then uh, then only start to teach because otherwise it's a, it's a half knowledge is dangerous and uh, brahmavidya in the wrong hands is extremely difficult uh, so therefore it has it can have wrong consequences. And so what happens, I had one more text here, hang on, I'm looking for that, yeah, so this, um, so the one more thing, he said it's not one more thing for me. And he gave a very moving uh, monologue uh, which took the whole of the latter half of the first lesson saying that I am, you know, I am sick of everything that I have. And not this sick doesn't mean disenchanted. Sick means genuine vairagya because we see, he shows how even the great kings of yore they were all just vanquished they all where where did they end up they ended up on the cremation pyre and without this knowledge and all their glories were you know gone and so therefore what so therefore i am not impressed with any kind of achievements that's not what i want i don't want achievements I don't want all these kinds of you know accolades what I want is this knowledge so please don't you know waste your time anymore and just teach me and so then we saw also then Bhagavan shaka Suprito Suprito supreetaha abhravid rajanam and he he praises him Supritah means very lovingly and being very pleased with his response and ascertaining that he was a genuine candidate, adhikari for Brahmavidya. What does he say? He says, Maharaja, O king, which king? Brihadratha. This is, don't look for this. This is not there. I have omitted that because, you know, this is just a little connection between the first and the second, uh, you know, lessons. So I am just reading to provide the connection. Maharaja Brihadratha, he, he praises him, Oh, great king you are indeed great, why Ikshwaku You know, you are the flag of the lineage of the Ikshwaku, you are the flag of the entire clan, meaning the whole clan is going to be known by the emblem which is you, because for the whole clan, all the kings, what did they do, <laughs> they just whiled away their time, they, you know, accumulated wealth, they accumulated uh, land, kingdom, they accumulated uh, big headaches, they accumulated a big harem, they didn't do anything for themselves. They didn't do anything to uplift themselves from samsara. They didn't do anything to pursue Brahmavidya. So therefore, you will stand out and you will be the emblem of the coat of arms of the Ikshvaku. So in ikshwaku Vamshadvha And then he says, you know, Sheikram, quickly, what? You know, you please become Brahmagya. Please become Atma. Brahmagnya, Brahmagnya bhava, we have to add bhava. Please become enlightened quickly. He blesses him. This is a blessing because if it comes from a teacher like Shakayanya who is not having any desires for himself, then it becomes a blessing for the ones who hear. So, Shikram Brahmagnya bhava, Krita bhava, may you be the one who has accomplished everything that is to be accomplished. In fact, there is only one thing to be accomplished, accomplished which everything else is as though gain. And so, therefore, he says, uh, you know, please, you know, may you have this knowledge quickly. And further, he says, marut no vishruto asitvam, asitvam, and uh, he, he says, you are known as what? You are known as marut, and Marutta, one king he talked about, and uh, Shakayanya, he picked up on the fact that it was none other than him, when he talked about all his contemporaries dropping like flies. And uh, so he says, you know, now I'm going to teach you. And then uh, that's the first verse of uh, the second lesson, and the other two verses are just basically, for, you know, giving connection, and then talking about Atma as, you know the connecting to atma with the help of the prana with the help of the breath a small little uh, what is that uh, illustration not illustration the a small little uh, meditation is given but uh, we don't, don't have to go into that this is this is far more relevant for our purposes so we are going to skip to Lesson number, uh, sorry, uh, verse number 3 of le- lesson number 2. So, please, uh, those who are joining us late, please download the second lesson so we can read together. Atha Kalviyam Brahmavidya sarvopanishad vidyava Rajan Asmakam Bhagavata Maitrina Akhyata Aham Te Kathaisya then what did Shaka anya say Shaka anya said athakhalu now indeed this yam brahmavidya this knowledge of brahman this self knowledge which is what sarvopanishad, uh, sarvopanishad vidya this is this is uh, this is the knowledge of all the upanishads this is not just you know so what he wants to know what he wants to tell this king is that what we are about to embark upon is not just this one upanishad expounding something and that too this maitrayani maitrayaniya shakha you know which was channeled by sage maitri this recension is you know is is the one that is uh, is the only one that's going to give this knowledge That is called Upanishad or that is called Brahmavidya, you know. And uh, this is something, you know, easily somebody can make the mistake of, of saying that this is the Brahmavidya. Brahmavidya means that, you know, this is so exclusive to this one Upanishad. So he wants to dispel that. And so he, in Mantra 3 he says athakhalviyam brahmavidya. So what is this brahmavidya? He qualifies it, sarvopanishad vidyava. Or he says to put it different, differently, it is the vidya of all the Upanishads. It is the purport of all the Upanishads. What is the purport of all the Upanishads? Jeeveshwara yoho aikyam jnanam. The purport of all the Upanishads is Brahma Vidya, is self-knowledge and what is that thing called self-knowledge? That thing called self-knowledge the, is uh, the, uh, the unfolding of the, uh, the, the truth of the self and what is the truth of the self? The truth of the self is that it is it is all, it is everything. It is non separate from Ishvara, it is one with Ishvara. So the unfolding of the oneness between the miserable Jiva and the joyous Ishvara is the purport of Brahma Vidya, which is the purport of Sarva Upanishad. All the Upanishads have the same purpose. Because the similar thing um, you know we find in Amundaka Upanishad also and in kathopanishad Sarve vedāha yatpadam āmananti uh, Lord Yama, you know, says, all the Vedas are there to unfold which one word? What is that word? Om, om iti etat tat, padam sangrahena pramakṣe I'm going to tell you that, that one, word, this monosyllabic word that is going, that is been, you know, talked about at length, and it is the purport of all the Upanishads, I am going to tell you this briefly, sangrahena pravakshe omiti etat, same thing here, you know, and in the mundaka Upanishad also we find this, sa brahma vidya sarva vidya pratishtham, Brahmavidya vidya sarva vidya pratishtham, so this Brahma Vidya, which is the the crowning glory of all the vidyas, and this which is there in all the Upanishads, I'm going to tell you. And in the Katha Upanishad, same thing. This Om Kara, which is which is the name. Om is the name for Bhagavan. Om is also the name for the Jiva. And this Om, I am going to. Om is the name for the truth of the Jiva, and I am going to unfold the oneness between the two and I am going to unfold what? The same thing which all the Upanishads have. And this is important because otherwise, you know, we go away thinking that one Upanishad is better than the other. And just like people say there are four Mahavakyas. There are not four, not 40. There are, every Upanishad has several Mahavakyas. Some of them are very hidden, and they have to be discovered. But somehow it has got just like these four paths to knowledge, you know, this, uh, uh, you know, what is that? The path of karma, the path of bhakti, uh, this path, that path, psychopath, sociopath—you know, like this, four, four paths to knowledge. They keep somehow it has come into the imagination, the collective spiritual imagination. And similarly, this, this is also come into the collective spiritual imagination that there are, you know, uh, four uh, uh, mahabakyas, each one connected to a Veda you know this is ridiculous even shanti mantras there are more than four as we have seen and so how can we be content with four mahavakyas and also this uh, there is a there is a kind of a um, spiritual hunter um, you know especially the person coming quickly uh, coming uh, not quickly coming recently into the knowledge still those Those hunting, gathering uh, vrittis got from our ancestors has not gone. So, in the world we were hunting and gathering, hunting for name, hunting, you know, this fellow was hunting and gathering, hunting for name, hunting for fame, hunting for experiences. And this fellow comes into the spiritual realm and also hunts for spiritual experiences. And then what happens? And then Kathopanishad check done that. Keno Upanishad, check, check, done that. Taitri Upanishad, check, 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 done that. So supposing, you know, for many people, I'm not saying for for you, but for many people, if it is just some, you know, if it's a one month course on Katho Upanishad, ah, I've already studied it, what can I do? It's already been there, done that. Now, Maitri Upanishad, oh, that's new. I want something new. So that's intriguing, that's curious. I'd like to do that. Why? Because it's different from everything else. This is something even I, who is so erudite, has have not heard of. And so, this is the rare Upanishad. And so, this is why I want to just conquer this rare Upanishad. Many people have that vritti, and so, This is, you know, this is uh, what negated, you have nivritti, freedom from this vritti right here, because anybody who might have entertained that this Upanishad is going to be very different from the other Upanishad. And why should it be different from the other Upanishads? Well, because you see, when I studied Katho Upanishad, it did nothing for me. <laughs> it didn't enlighten me at all, Enlighten within poems. It did not give me Brahma Vidya. Then I studied Keno Upanishad. that was even harder. And I, you know, most of the time I slept through it. Like the student <laughs> who slept through the whole Keno Upanishads and then finally raised the hand. Oh, you have a question. The teacher started to feel very thrilled. Oh, the person has listened. They are asking a question. What is your question? Upanishadambho bruhi. Oh, teacher, please teach me the Upanishad. All <laughs> the teacher is just deflated on the spot. And the teacher says, Ukta te Upanishad. <laughs> the Upanishad has already been taught to you. Teacher is too polite to say, what on earth were you doing, when it was taught? So, so, this now coming back to our story, this fellow has, you know, uh, whiled away the Kathopanishad, because Adhikaritvam was not there, this fellow has whiled away, has slept through the Panishad and has therefore concluded, what? That these Upanishads are not that great, because when they done that, it did nothing for me. The fellow also studied three Upanishad, but uh, use that as a time to reunite with all his friends or her friends and therefore did not, you know, did not get the message of the Taittariya Upanishad and then wants to see if this Upanishad is going to be any different. No, the answer is, is a Sanskrit one word answer is, no, nah. <laughs> not really. Why? Because this Brahma Vidya is Sarva Upanishad Vidya. Otherwise the Upanishads will not have any standing if each one is going to expound some different uh, thing. It is true, each one expounds the same thing, slightly perhaps from a different angle. Story is different, teacher is different, student is different, but otherwise as you will see in this Upanishad, even the questions are the same. The questions asked by the student is the same, you know, and and so therefore, the uh, it dispels this uh, you know spiritual romanticism, saying that the other three Upanishads did nothing for me, and perhaps I'm you know I can pin all the hopes on this Upanishad, thinking that it might work. No harm in thinking that it actually might work because the first three Upanishads were spent gathering the qualifications. The, you know, the relative freedom from all kinds of pressures created by desires, the ability to suspend ragadveshas, the ability to overcome anger, etc., the ability to have a resolved mind, viveka, vairagya, you know, that has grown over the course of the study, and so perhaps this Upanishad, you know, will speak better. And that's why it comes with a blessing. May you be, and this is this is all of you, it's not just one person here addressed. May you all be shigraha, very quickly, shigraha, very quickly indeed, what? Brahmanya? may you all be knowers of Brahman, very quickly, may you accomplish that, accomplishing which nothing else is, remaining in life, that's why it comes with a blessing. But then, it is ima- clarified here by Shaka Yanya, the teacher, Brahmavidya is sarvopanishad Vidya, the, purpo- the purport of this Upanishad is the same as everything, and when you talk of Brahmavidya, it is all the Upanishads have the same unfolding of that oneness between the miserable individual and Ishvara who is everything. So then he says, Rajan, O King, and then, you know, and then he says one more thing. Asmaakam bhagavata maitrina apkhyaata. So, how did he know this Brahmavidya shakayanya? And he also knew it because his Lord, his teacher, Lord Maitri, unfolded it to him. Asmakam, our teacher Bhagavata, by our teacher Maitrina, by our teacher known as Maitri, Athyata. It was talked about, it was unfolded in detail till I understood. So, Tenap Prakare in the same manner that he taught me, I am going to teach you. This is again a, a salute to the uh, the guru parampara the, the lineage of teachers from where this purport of brahmavidya which is sarvopanishad vidya has come this is a very important thing uh, thing because no teacher is going to teach something that they themselves have figured it out, figured it out <laughs> you know because whatever they figure out while in the shower you know some kind of aha moment why shower? Because the hot water is <laughs> coming on the head and bathing the cells with blood and oxygen. So, some uh, Arthas Puranam, some meaning lights up. Arthas Puranam takes place, and so, and immediately the person can conclude, aha, this is new. My teacher never taught me that. <laughs> and then, what happens? <laughs> the same thing that happened to swami someone as exalted as swami paramarthananda he tells this story that one time he was teaching taittiriya upanishad to an audience in, in in chennai and then what happened <laughs> then the audience you know they, they started to um, they started to you know he, he started to expound something and then immediately while he was teaching he said oh Pujya Swamiji, I don't think has done this, this suddenly has come to me, oh my God, and he felt very happy. Then he went to his flat, <laughs> and then in the flat, the first thing he did was to out, take out his notes, he took out his notes from when he had studied with Pujya Swamiji, and then he took out to the page where he was teaching, and then what? <laughs> In that flat, he fell flat because everything that he had taught was already there, taught by Swami It just, you know, appears new because that is, the, that is the Atma, it is ever new. So each time there is a freshness, you feel like you are encountering it newly. You know, and you feel like this is my own idea. Oh my God, the teacher never explained this. This is all me. There is no you here. And any teacher of Vedanta who says this is me, you know, is, is not you know is not being honest. Oh. and this is you know, and uh, this knowledge, uh, what should I say, uh, marinates in humility this knowledge marinates and gains taste and gains uh, texture grows in taste and texture in the in the syrup of bhakti and humility for the teacher yes because one has gained something and for that one is ever grateful i mean that gratitude you know i, I cannot even explain i cannot even explain and uh, and uh, you know it is something you know to be understood. It is something to cultivate. If it is not there, it is uh, it is to be cultivated, not for the sake of the teacher. You see, the teacher is not you know trying to measure the, you know your gratitude. Uh, you know it is for your own sake. It's for your own sake, so that this knowledge you know starts to speak, and the knowledge gains um, power. You know, uh, even it is marinated in the juices of shraddha and bhakti, and this shraddha for the guru, which shakayanya don't think shakayanya is some you know uh, some uh, neighbouring fellow, some mama. No, shakayanya is 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 a avatar. You know that that came in the form of a teacher, and uh, then what? Uh, because, you know, his body was crafted as a result of the Punya karma of King Brihadratha's tapas. So, King Brihadratha's tapas produced Punya and that Punya body was Shaka Yanya's body. So, you can imagine how desireless he is. He didn't have a birth just to, you know, have some ice cream, (laughs) no. His birth or his appearance, his manifestation took place. Uh, just like Rama, Krishna, all of them, all those incarnations uh, came into being because of the prayers of the people. Ha ha, muncha Munja, Trahimam, pahimam, save me, help me, release me, free me. So many prayers. And because of those prayers, the avataras took, you know, Took uh, you know, took a body. Those the punya produced by those uh, uh, prayers became the body mind complex of these avatars. Because of that, and here too, Shaka Yanya is not some ordinary fellow who who went in search of a teacher. No, Shaka Yanya himself is a you know is a uh, what is that? Is is a result of the tapas done by, done by Brihadratha, the king. So the Shakayanya's manifestation is very, very important. And then, you know, uh, what happened? Then what happened is that, you know, one would think that he would just, he's capable of teaching, he can just teach. Why does he need a teacher? Because he's all knowledge, he's shining, like the sun he is shining more brilliant than the sun itself, but he, he himself with great humility says, I you know, I don't know anything, whatever I am going to tell, Akhyata was already taught to me, how by Asmakam Bhagavata, by my Lord, my teacher is my Lord. This is what we have to have that same Bhakti and same Shraddha here and uh, you know, And there is no bhakti and shraddha without humility. And this is what is talked about here, that no matter how exalted the teacher, there is always another teacher. So really who is exalted? This teacher is exalted, no doubt. You know, shining like the sun. But the teacher's teacher, you can think of how great that person must be to have taught this person. And how great the teacher's teacher's teacher must be. This way, vande guru Param. You know, I, you know I, I salute the entire lineage of teachers who have given me this gift in the form of my teacher, who has given me this gift of the ability to teach in the same way that I learned this. I mean, it's very beautiful. So, even though shakayanya doesn't need teaching, you know, because he is a manifestation of Bhagavan, but still he says, my Bhagavan, (laughs) sage Maitri has taught me, you know, it's, it's like that, it's very beautiful. And just like he taught me, and how did he teach me? Using certain stories, using certain dialogues, using certain illustrations, using a certain pedagogical, you know, method, a pedagogical, uh, you know, way, a methodology. And I'm going to teach you in the same way. And what does that mean? You are safe. Yeah, we don't say you are saved, but we say you are safe. And why are you safe? Because look, you know, the way I received this knowledge, Uh, I have uh, emerged unscathed, this knowledge is not scary, this knowledge is not scary at all and this knowledge is very safe and look how, you know, how I have received this knowledge and look how you look up to me, similarly I look up to the teacher and similarly one day perhaps If you teach this knowledge after you have gained it, people will also look up to you. And so this unending guru parampara is safe because it is surely you will know just like I knew. Because I submitted and surrendered to my teacher, I knew and you will also know the same thing in the same way. So this is assuring the student, because I'm not going to just sort of, you know, teach you some other way, you know. And uh, even the Panchadashi says this, by the same method by which the other teachers taught these teachers, these teachers are going to teach you, same method, because it is safe, it's a well traversed path, it's a sure path. You know, it's not the path of just, maybe you get this knowledge, maybe you don't get this knowledge, maybe you sit somewhere and intuit this knowledge, or maybe you sit somewhere and keep asking the question, who am I, who am I, who am I? Who is asking the question? The one who is ignorant. Then who is going to answer? The one who is ignorant. And so therefore, if you keep asking, who am I, who am I? The answer will surely come, idiot. Why? Because everybody called me that when I was young. This is what happens. Donkey, this is what will come. You know, so therefore, this is the student is not being left to their own devices here. But here this the, the student Brihadratha is going to be taught uh, by by his teacher, Lord Shakayanya, in exactly the same manner that his teacher taught what? Him. And his teacher's name is Maitri. Uh, based on this Maitri shakha or Maitrarini shakha and then he says Maitrina akhyata ahamte Kathaisyami you know I am going to uh, teach you know I am going to teach in the same way like you you know uh, uh, so that you gain this knowledge quickly in the same way that I gain this knowledge so that there's nothing to worry about and then and then what does he teach? He goes into a story. <laughs> and he, and what is this story? The story is uh, a very interesting story. Very, very interesting story. So now, this is starting to look like the Mahabharata because this is a story within a story. And uh, first we already had a story, which is King Brihadratha doing tapas with the arms outstretched and his teacher manifested stay and then what (laughs) and then the teacher says let me share you you know let me share with you this knowledge which includes a story told to me by my teacher and this is a very interesting story because it goes like this once upon a time there were these sages who were called Valakhyliya you know Valakhyliya um, plural so you know they were they, they all had the same name <laughs> you know and this is not uncommon in our uh, tradition like the Ashwini twins Ashwini twins are the twins uh, who who were the assistants uh, you know for Lord uh, Dhanavan, Dhanvantri, Dhanvantri so dhanvantari this this uh, ayurveda lord the lord who from whom we got the knowledge of ayurveda has two assistants identical twins by the name of ashwini ashwini <laughs> so they are called the ashvin twins <laughs> so both of them are called ashwini <laughs> so this is this is this kind of a thing is there this practice is there in the tradition so perhaps we have to say ashwini a and ashwini b But it doesn't matter, sometimes they all say the same thing, they talk the same thing at the same time. (laughs) So some interesting clone karma. Okay. So now, uh, and then again we have these, uh, uh, what are they called, Rishis uh, who sit at the foot of Lord Dakshinamurthy. And even though they have separate names, they all start with S, what are they? (laughs) <laughs> sanaka Sanandana sanat kumara sanat sujata. but then if you look at Lord Dakshinaamuti's uh, you know form and then you, you you know you say which is sanaka <laughs> whichever one you want <laughs> they all look alike which is sanat kumara whichever one you want which is Sanandana whichever one you want it doesn't make any difference correct so like this this balahilya, are a group of sages. How many don't ask? Because in the meaning of the word once you know, you will not ask this question. So Khilya means a little, um, I don't know how to say this, like a little man made, um, like a hillock made of uh, some, you know, waste, uh, mud and earth, and little stick stones, whatever it is, a little, you know, the, what happens is that on either side are cultivated lands, and so all the debris from the leaves, the sticks, the stones are pushed by this farmer from this side to the middle, and then from on the other side there is cultivated land, and all the debris, the rubble, the uh, sticks and stones are put in the middle, and very soon, there is some kind of a man-made hillock, which is called <laughs> and then what happens <laughs> there is uh, you know on that rubble you know watered naturally by the rains and uh, everything um, and the little runoff water from the cultivated fields on the either side some grasses grow some short stubby strong grasses grow and they are called vala so vala The grasses that grow on a hillock, small stubby grasses, I mean who know, they're of no consequence because they're just there. But they have a use. By one account, I mean I was so intrigued by this name. (laughs) I I went and did a little bit of research, okay. So (laughs) I was very intrigued by the name, very curious how this name came and what this is all about. So by one account, the um, this this grass in uh, is used um what is that medicine wise for uh, um, curing some kind of uh, overeating so indigestion that is a result of overeating over indulgence it's not any other kind of acidity or something like that so for that you boil the grass i mean i don't know the Recipe, But I suppose you boil the grass in water and, you know, etc. And then you drink it and uh, drink the, the grass tea, uh, you know, tea, okay, you do you do that. And then what happens? So, this is, you know, this is uh, one use. Then the other use is that, you know, they, they, the grasses are very strong, very difficult to uproot, and then once you cut them, they, they have a great amount of strength and in the past apparently they were used to fill the um, not the rim what is that the hub of the wheel you know uh, the hub of the wheel would have a a, uh, a little whatever you know something the axle connecting to it and then the in between the axle and the wheel there would be some empty space and these grasses would be filled okay. Huh. So, are you with me till now? Okay, now we can proceed with the, with the story because these walakhilyas apparently were in the hub of the chariot of the Lord Sun. Yeah, Surya Bhagavan's chariot had four wheels and then, you know, the these, these walakhilyas had been stuffed, <laughs> these grasses had been stuffed there and lo and behold the grasses were not grasses, (laughs) what were they, (laughs) they were Rishis, (laughs) all of them collective plural, they were Rishis and these Vanakkhilyas also appear in the Rig Veda as themselves the channelers of many many mantras. I think eleven mantras they have channeled together and so they are they are all attributed to Valakilya 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 and but which Valakilya doesn't matter because you know we have to start doing group think here. Yeah. It is a group of sages who are all one really and or you know the, the Idic the of this group uh, you know thing is to show that they are all um, highly evolved and enlightened and so since they are spiritually highly you know at a very um, like a you know stage of self knowledge I mean not that self knowledge has stages but complete full clarity in terms of self knowledge and full clarity full freedom from all desires and so for them everything is one and so that's why they are all just one. So they were sitting in the chariot of the sun, and they were going, this is just this is just a story, they were going across the sky, night and day, night and day, and then they started to, you know, they went to, they didn't go, they were right there sitting at the wheel, they asked Lord Brahmaji, now what was Lord Brahmaji doing in Surya Bhagavan's chariot? I I dare say that there may be a Puranic story connected to that, but that's not you know that's not the point. You know, Lord Brahmaji created also the sun, that is the idea because Lord Brahmaji is the creator of everything. So perhaps when he was crafting the chariot and stuffing these walakhilyas, all mentally, these walakhilyas, you know, uh, asked Lord Brahmaji certain questions about the Atma. Now that is one account, okay? So stay, stay with me. There is also another account. The another account is that Lord Prajapati was looking at, at after he created this universe, was looking, uh, uh, you know, at the universe and saying, not bad, you know, I've done a great job. You know, but look at these hillocks, some of these man-made, quote unquote, hillocks, they are going to be so desolate and lonely. Let us just put some, you know, seeds, seeds again, not really seeds. Let us just put the possibility of grasses growing, even in these desolate areas, where there are, you know, concrete hillocks, and little rubble hillocks and everything like that in those nooks and crannies, let these grasses grow. So saying, he gave those grasses a blessing and so those grasses became his manasaputras, they they became his mental sons, (laughs) mental children, children that came from the mind of Brahmaji. In fact, all the bodies in this universe are mental children of Brahmaji, but we are talking of what? These these in particular because you know they are Prakritam, we have to study about them because they appear and so these, you know, so this is what this Valakhilyas are all about. So these Valakhilyas, you know, are going to feature prominently in the story and so therefore with this introduction, let us see what, uh, you know, what did, now who is the teacher? Huh? Who is the teacher here? Who is the student? Hello? Please show some signs of life. Who is the teacher? Who is the student? Yes, Brahmaji is the teacher. And who, who, who are the students? Well, are the students. And then, you know, who is the teacher telling this story? No. Who is the teacher telling this story? No. (laughs) No, first, who is telling... Yeah, that's why I asked this question. (laughs) Because we are getting as many answers, as many people are signed on. (laughs) No. (laughs) That's why it's important. See, these are all... Why are there stories within the... Ah, finally. (laughs) (laughs) three? Maitri is telling the story, yeah, first who is telling the story, you know, who is the teacher, Lord Brahmaji is the teacher, who are the students, this one, you know, Valak are the students, who, which is the teacher now telling the story, Maitri is the teacher, and then who is telling the story that Maitri told, huh, now, come on, who is telling the story that Maitri told? No, <laughs> wrong. Shakayanya, <laughs> correct. <laughs> See, this is so much fun. <laughs> you can get lost. So, shaka, <laughs> shaka Yes, learn to spell it properly, okay? yeah. Again, we can't have as many spellings as there are students. So, uh, yeah, lot of fun. See, this is why, this, this story within a story within a story is there. So Shakayanya is telling whom the story? Huh? That you must know. Otherwise, I'll be very disappointed. That you must know at the first shot. Let's see. Abba Brihadratha. Yes. Shakayanya is telling Brihadratha. So Brihadratha is being taught by Shakayanya who is in turn the student of Maitri, the sage, you know, who in turn is telling another teacher-student dialogue story, Who, who are? and this is a group of students called Valakhilyas? and then what? And these Valakhyayas have gone to the teacher, Lord Brahmaji. So now what we are going to learn has come from Lord Brahmaji to valachilya recalled or recollected or taught by maitri to shakayanya and from shakayanya to brihatratha and from brihatratha to you okay yeah this is this is this is how the whole thing has done and you see the purpose of this you think that the story within a story within a story is purposeless it's just to confuse it's not to confuse because one of the adhikaritvam is, is alertness, this medha shakti should be there. For an adhikari, this medha shakti should be shining bright. And when the medha shakti shines brightly, then, then the knowledge takes place. Otherwise, you know, even though one is online, mentally one is offline. Yeah, so that's why the line of the gurus have been talked about here. So, that. That mentally also one is, uh, you know, one is in line with the knowledge, in line with the teachings, in line with the Guru Parampara, (laughs) okay? And this is nothing. Here we only have to, you know, remember three names, you know, or maybe four names. But uh, if you read uh, Mahabharata, you will really get lost, (laughs) you know. So now, shall we go forward? Okay, so now... (laughs) Uh, you know, he says, um, Yeah, so here these, you know, now the story begins. Atha, Apahata, Papmana, Tigma Tejasaha, Urdharetasaha, Walakiliaha, <laughs> Itishru Yante. Now Maitri is also saying. I, I have heard from my teacher, it is shruyante, it is heard from the Shruti, it is heard from you know my teacher. Maitri is also not saying I have myself gained this knowledge. Maitri is saying I have heard from my teacher and what have I heard from my teacher? It is shruyante, it is heard, it is talked by the Shruti, perhaps it is there in the Shruti or perhaps I have heard from my uh, teacher. It is shruyante, you know, what, what shruyante? What is uh, being taught here? What has Maitri, the sage, what has he heard? You know, adha, now, uh, what? Apahata paapman ha, tigma tejasaha, udhvare vala khilyaha it is shruyante. So there were these beings called vala khilyaha, this group of beings, uh, called Vala khilyaha. this it is heard. It is heard where? Through Shravadam in the Shruti, just like we are studying the Shruti called Maitri Upanishad. Similarly, it is heard like this in the Shruti. And then what? From some other Shruti or from my teacher, it has been heard. And what has been heard? That there were these group of beings called Vala khilyaha. and these Vala are qualified by three adjectives. Number one, apahata Number two, tigmatejasaha Number three, urdhware Okay. So these valakhilyas, this group of beings called valakhilyas, who were there. And it is so it is heard. Where Where is it heard? It is heard in the Shruti. How is it heard in the Shruti? Because as I told you. These Valakhyllyas are credited. With channeling several mantras. 11 mantras of the Rig Veda. So you can say the Valakhyllyas of Rig Vedic fame. Or the Valakhyllyas. That were taught to Maitri the sage. By Maitri's teacher. Okay. Yeah. So now what you know what do we hear that they were qualified by three adjectives so apahata papmanah papman means papa papman so papman is the, you know uh, is papa and uh, so apahata papmanah means from whom all the papas have gone how can all the papas go <laughs> All the Papas go through, you know, through prayer and uh, through prayer one has a relative freedom from Papa in the form of Antah Shuddhi etc. etc. and then, you know, from the, you know, uh, and then from Brahmavidya one has total freedom from Papa, that's the only way. Oh really? If I study... Self-knowledge, I am free of Papa, yes, but how, how am I free of Papa, because the Brahmavidya knocks off the one who says, this Papa belongs to me, ah, knocks off the karta, knocks off the bhokta, knocks off the one who he identifies as the agent, knocks off the one who identifies as a victim. so there is no victim there is no agent and so all the papas accrued to the one to the name of the one who who was the victim of papa and punya and who was the doer of karmas in the last life which accrued papa and punya into their account that person is now completely what? completely negated that truth of that person is brahman in this unfoldment, what has happened, the, the, the one is uh, discovered, uh, one discovers oneself as akarta and abhokta, I am not a karta. I am not a doer, and I am neither doer nor the done-in by other people's doings, so I'm not the recipient of other people's doings, there is therefore no hurt, and I'm not the doer itself, I'm not the doer, and so if I'm not the doer, then once I wake up to this knowledge that I am not the doer, then what happens to all the things that are <laughs> that are there in my account? They have a dream-like existence. They are falsified. The Whatever I have done is falsified because the doer as the truth of me is falsified. Just like in the dream, this person, <laughs> you know, let us say this person committed homicide. <laughs> when in the dream, you know, wrung somebody's neck and threw them on the side in the dream and then dreamt that the police were after this person and the police were running, running, running and in the dream this, this uh, murderer, so to speak, was running, 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 running and then what happened, you know, suddenly the person in the, the sleeping person started to flail the arms and legs and, uh, you know, mimic a running motion. The family members got, you know, understood that, you know, they are, uh, uh, they, this, this, this person is dreaming, so woke them up and handed them a glass of water. And so what happened to this person? was little startled. Oh, 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 thank God. Then understood, thank God it's a dream. And once the person woke up and understood it was a dream, do you think the person will continue to run? Huh? After waking up? No. Why? Because the dream is a different order of reality. And so to here. All the Papas have departed from which? From which what? From which Atma? Atma is apahata Papma. Atma is without a lesha, without even a little bit of papa, without even a little bit of papa. So why? Because that is the nature of the uh, Atma, neither the doer nor the dunin, free of papa, free of punya, free, that is what the Atma is and so therefore now what, so now these walakhilyas were naturally apahata they had you know they had some understanding of self knowledge and they had worked very hard through seva through you know through uh, prayer seva and purta karma through reaching out actions and through seva and through devotion etc all their papas had been washed off apahata paapmanaha who and then the other one is tigmatejasaha next uh, you know next word tigmatejasaha tejas means brightness tigma means extremely bright sharp so the brightness is laser pointed intelligence tigmatejasaha means they, you know, they may look like grasses and shrubs, not very inviting, you know, who, who wants to look at a dry uh, grass growing on the rubble, but really they, they were highly sharp and uh, laser point intellect, blessed with a laser pointed intellect or had cultivated their intellect to a laser point because they were all focused on the Atma. Every single brain cell was on the, was devoted to the service of knowing the Atma and these were the Valakhilyas. And one more adjective, Urdva Retashaha. Retas means reproductive material and so the reproductive material urdhva means which is held upwards so this is you know uh, so it is not flowing downwards meaning you know it's a it's a it's a uh, you know it's a metaphor for celibacy so they were celibate renunciants, and metaphor also for pyaga so urdhvaretasaha means those who had who had no interest in, in any kind of worldly activity, like producing children, etc. They were just beyond all that. They did not see the need for that. And then, uh, and then what? They were renunciants. They had given up, you know, family life. And the, you know, need to, um, what is that? Have progeny who will look just like themselves and then who will give them fame and who will give them name by their uh, doings. Because whatever I, uh, well, the, whatever I couldn't accomplish, you know, generally this is what people think. I could, can't accomplish this. I'm, I I'll make sure that my child accomplishes this so that I can have a vicarious satisfaction. The Varakhilya's minds were free of the need for having children, grandchildren, or having this line of progeny. And so really, therefore, they were celibate and therefore they had, you know, overcome this desire and they were, they had overcome many desires and except for Brahma vidya and so they were what? They were just you know free to pursue this vidya. So you can see from these three adjectives, what are the adjectives? saha. From this we get an idea of you know uh, of their adhikaritvam of their qualification for knowledge we get this idea and how do we get this idea because they you know uh, because they embody these qualities so really for the teaching to begin what are they appear to be saying for for the teaching to uh, not for the teaching to begin for the teaching to begin you know, yielding dividends huh, in the form of clarity, in the form of calm mind, in the form of joyousness, in the form of freedom from the unconscious, all these things. So, for the, um, the teaching to start yielding dividends, one has to have, you know, one has to bank on cultivating these qualities. And there is a concomitant, a concomitant relationship between the cultivation of these qualities and then the and then the extent of clarity that one gains after the exposure of the knowledge. So then what, so these, so what are the qualities, apahata paapmanaha. So one has to be apahata papma. so one has to what, wash off the papas instead of feeling guilty all the time, allow the, you know, the feeling guilty comes from not having done something or having done something that one hasn't. So take action because if it's not acted upon, then it is sitting there, stewing in the mind and building upon more and more guilt. You know, that is not a good place to be for Brahmavidya. you know, and so therefore what? You know, somebody told me this, Swamiji, I feel very guilty when I come to study the knowledge. Yes, I said, Why do you feel guilty? Because you know, uh, I am told I have to have all these qualifications and I don't, so I feel guilty. I said, You don't feel guilty because of the qualifications. You feel guilty in general. Oh, yeah, yeah, how did you know? This is the, this is the problem. And the guilt becomes a deterrent for Brahmavidya. Just like hurt becomes a deterrent for Brahmavidya. Well, if one is hurt, one will be wearing this sleeve, you know, of wearing the hurt on the sleeve, and anything and everything can just be filtered through that hurt, through the vision of that perceived hurt, or real hurt, or whatever it is. And so therefore, the, the point here is to, is to get an, a relative uh, state of being apahata-papma, how, how does one do that? You know, if there is guilt, it has to be resolved. How to resolve guilt? Do prayas chitta. Yeah, prayas chitta is atonement. It's not saying sorry and then going away. That is not atonement, you know, because the word sorry is very inadequate sometimes. And we know that because the word sorry is the same, you know, like somebody drops a handkerchief and says, oops, sorry, and you pick it up and give it to them. Somebody drops your child and says, oops, sorry, same word, (laughs) same word for both, dropping hanky or dropping a child, same word for both, sorry. So the sorry is not adequate sometimes, many times. And therefore, our, our language doesn't have the word sorry in any of the Indian languages. There is no sorry. That doesn't mean we are an unapologetic culture. Our apology is with, you know, because really speaking, everybody is Bhagavan. And if I have hurt somebody, I have hurt Bhagavan. And so I take it up with Bhagavan. I go directly to the source. You know, not that I don't, uh, you know, express my regret to the person. But really speaking, the resolution of that pain of the guilt is done along with Bhagavan. One to one with Bhagavan. And so I tell Bhagawan, okay, I have hurt this person, oh Bhagawan, please forgive me. And in order to atone, I'm going to do seva to this person in this particular manner, or I'm going to give up some food, or I'm going to, you know, fast for a certain, uh, you know, on a certain day. So this, one does, so it is actually proactively acting upon the guilt, rather than stewing in the guilt. The more one sits and stews in the guilt, what happens? The Brahma vidya doesn't come. Brahma vidya, which is described as Arvopanishad Vidya, does not come to the one who is always sitting in a vat of guilt. And what about the one sitting in, in hurt? For them also Brahma vidya doesn't come, even if it is taught, it doesn't come why because the hurt person is already having a subjective vision i am hurt i'm hurt i'm hurt feels victimized at the drop of a hat feels victimized oh you know i'm not you know i'll never get this knowledge i'm not you know i'm not the teacher's favorite i'm not loved Always one sees omissions and commissions on part of the Upanishad, on part of the teacher and you know, and wears these on the sleeve. Oh, you will get this knowledge because you are the pet of the teacher. You know, and I, nobody like, loves me. And perhaps to stop these kinds of nonsensical thoughts, these Valakhyayas are all one, even though they are a group. (laughs) Yeah. This perhaps shows us how the students, you know, here are of one mind, it tells us. And so here, so if one is wearing the hurt and one feels hurt by the Upanishad, anything the Upanishad says is hurtful. Oh, I thought the Upanishad is this pleasant. No, 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 it's very hurtful because what's the point of studying this? I'll never gain this. Who has this moksha? Nobody. I will also not gain this because I didn't get the balloon from my older brother when I was three. And so that hurt and pain, the older brother not only took away my balloon, the older brother also put a pin and (laughs) broke the balloon, (laughs) burst my bubble. (laughs) So that bubble which burst at three years old, even at 93, is rankling and coming in the way of learning this knowledge. How sad, really. You know, so therefore what? So therefore, the, you know, the our duty, one's duty as a student is to make sure that one is relatively free of guilt and hurt. How to free oneself of hurt? Lay the hurt at the foot of Bhagavan, at the altar of Bhagavan. You know, the apasmara, this little being. Looking scary, sitting at the foot of Lord Nataraja, Lord Dakshinamurti, etc. You see this. That being is called Apasmara who haunts through repeated memory. Yeah, that's how the unconscious haunts. By keeping on bringing back, bringing the past up again and again until it is resolved. So that's why the Lord has his foot on Apasmara. H-E-E-L he says. You don't belong anywhere else. You just belong. You just stay. And H E A L heal. heal. <laughs> you heal from this. Bhagavan is giving the blessing. So the unconscious is not outside of Bhagavan. In fact, it is a manifestation of Bhagavan. And when I know it like that, then it is it becomes easier to deal with the products of the unconscious guilt and hurt. apahata apmanah. Those who are away from guilt and hurt, who are free of guilt and hurt. Then the second one how to bring in our lives, te jasa, te jasa, te jasa, how to bring you know this is what is called one samadhanam, samadhanam is single minded focus, we cultivate listening with a calm and focused mind, samadhanam. Urdhvaretas is a, is, a, is a metaphor for excessive, you know, for, for freedom from excessive indulgence and to cultivate a certain inner renunciation from things and objects, all kinds of objects. One learns to let them drop. Mind you, I'm not saying you have to drop them. Allow them to drop by making this knowledge your favorite, so that all the other things drop on their own, because there's only so much time in a course of a day. So, in the time that you could be doing so many things that of interest, do this vidya instead. Yeah. Log on and listen to something, and then the penchant or the desire for useless things uh, immediately and on its own starts to drop. So what did these vala khilyas, khilyas do, what did they ask Lord Prajapati, we will reserve for tomorrow. Om Purnamadaf Purnamidam Purnat Purnamudachyate Purnasya Purnamadaga Purnameva Vashishyate Om Shanti 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 Harihi Om Shri Gurubhyo Namaha Harihi Om there is a question here, is it rude to say no to what guru offers you and instead insist on what you desire? Is, isn't it rude? Isn't it rude to say no to what the guru gives and insist on what you want? Isn't this against prasada buddhi? Yeah, it is against prasada buddhi. But sometimes, you know, Uh, the guru gives out chocolate and then one has diabetes and uh, you know in the modern era in the olden days one would just uh, touch the chocolate to the lips and give it to the child or something like that and that option is still there but supposing if it is something really against your uh, you know uh, your uh, um, health or something like that if it is life-threatening you can tell the Guru, please, can I have an apple instead? <laughs> Children do that all the time, you know, especially in the West, in the in the East, we don't have this problem. Yeah, I say East because I, I just returned from Thailand, and in Thailand, you know, it was amazing. The, you know, there are more Hindu than people in India, I tell you. And so, you know, this is something which we have to understand, it's, it's like, you know, it's like whatever is given is prasada, and and any fruit or anything that is given, you know, is accepted in that same uh, vein. But uh, you know, when I give out prasad in the in the you know in the West in America, you know, even a two-year-old, can I have that? Can I not have this? <laughs> because in in the uh, in the uh, West. We foster the individuality of the child in a certain way. This is what the whole thing is. Okay, yeah. Oh, it's exactly what you needed? Fantastic. Yeah, I love that. I love it when that happens. Yeah. So, oh, no, no, no. That is different. Ah, now I see where you are going. So, Guru doesn't say, uh, you know, Guru says, please ask for something else. Please ask for something else, and Brihatratha you know, shows his uh, shows his tenacity for this vidya. in this in the manner in in the matter from uh, of Brahma vidya, you, you know you can you, you can and you must say no if the guru is offering some flim flam and some bling in your life yeah because ironically that is the that is the only time where quote-unquote disobedience to the guru is is, is considered delightful just like you know when the uh, you know when the when the child learns to be strong and and kicks the parents with its little feet you know that the parents get delighted so when the guru says oh don't worry you know this happened to me also You know, I had gone to Puja Swamiji, and when I first went to Puja Swamiji, eh, Puja Swamiji said, "Um, don't, yeah, yeah, you can study with me when I asked for the Vidya. And then I said, I would like to study with you, Puja Swamiji. And Swamiji said, yeah, yeah, no problem. Don't give up your job or anything. (laughs) Continue to study. And I said, I have already given up my job, Puja Swamiji. And Swamiji was a little surprised. You know, I had taken him tea, and I had given, so he, he, he shook the cup a little bit, the cup shook. He was a little, you know, surprised, but he didn't say a word. And then I had to spend the whole day stewing in the juices. Oh my God, I have said something I should not have said to the Guru, and I have done something wrong. I, I stewed, I stood in the juices. And then what happened? And then evening came. And then, you know, we, uh, and Swamiji went somewhere, and uh, so we all went to the car, uh, you know, in the ashram to, to bid him goodbye. So, I was also standing, you know, saying namaste, and then what happened, he just looked, and he pointed to me, and he said, get in the car. I was very surprised, I said, oh, I've ha- I have had it, now perhaps <laughs> I will get a scolding in the car, like that, I thought. But he didn't say a word in the car, nothing, no word was exchanged. So we went to some place where he gave a talk in Tamil. He gave a talk in Tamil and and not one word he had said and then my anxiety was off the charts because I thought I had done something wrong and displeased the teacher. And I thought I had done something I should not have and I had done this. Then he uh, sat on the podium, I sat somewhere far because I was you know, very much uh, jostled by this whole experience after the first meeting, after really waiting to meet him and then what happened You know, when he, he started the talk and then he said, this is the reason why people come all the way, you know, 10,000 miles with two suitcases and these were exactly what he said. He asked me, where have you come from? And I said, I have come from America. What did you bring with you? I said two suitcases, you know, so then uh, uh, this is what he said in Tamil and that's when I felt exonerated in a manner of speaking and, um, you know, uh, so this is the thing and to answer your question, if the guru finds the student unqualified, the guru will not say I will not teach. You know, the guru will say, uh, you know, I will teach you, uh, but uh, please do this or please do this and then do this tapas and then come back. We see this in the Upanishad also. Indra goes to, you know, Prajapati and begs for the knowledge and Prajapati doesn't say I will not teach. Prajapati says, go to the cow's table, I need some help. Will you do some seva? Yes, do some seva, learn side by side. Now we say that. Do some seva uh, for the sake of Antahkarana Ashuddhi because this Antahkarana Ashuddhi is not a permanent thing. You, I mean, you know, in this question is the assumption perhaps that the Antahkarana Ashuddhi is, is something permanent. It's always there that this, this uh, you know, I will always feel, you know, uh, be riddled with guilt and hurt. No, you won't. And you have the, if you are not qualified, gain the qualifications. Learn from the teacher how to be qualified. If one is not qualified, guru will teach the qualifications. Yeah, that itself is a teaching. That's what one does side by side. One, you no, know, but everybody comes, you know, uh, with a lot of uh, hurt, guilt, pain, unconscious, and slowly one learns to drop that while seeking brahmavidya So you can have a strong desire for Brahmavidya, it is possible, along with equally strong Rakshasa-like Raghadveshas, no, handful teacher who has learned properly, the teacher will teach you in a manner of speaking and the teacher will send the Rakshasas away uh, to do some chores and then the teacher will teach the person, yeah, that is how it works. So, you know, it's not about disobedience. Don't focus on the disobedience here and obedience. The teacher doesn't want you to obey. The teacher wants you to surrender not to the teacher, but to the knowledge, the altar of knowledge. That's what the whole thing is. And so this is what is, is, is required. And the teacher will teach in a way that all the other desires will drop. Yeah, if one is ready, if one is not ready, gain the readiness. That's why it gave the example, the first two Upanishads, one slept through and then afterwards, you know, one woke up and that means what? Even though one slept through, one was gaining some of the adhikaritvam, gaining the qualifications, okay? Yeah, more we'll see tomorrow. Om that's it.